this is Don Bluth, and you're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. This is the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 41, Monsters University. We're okay! We're okay! It's time to break it down for the episode 41 of the Animation Hacks Podcast with the Rotoscopers. My name is Brock Pearson, a tribute to Brock Pearson. And we're here with the Animation Addicts. We got Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Tom Bluth, and everything in between. <laughs> I'd like to introduce my favorite host of all time. He's like the coolest person ever, Mason Smith. Oh, thank you, Brock Pearson. You're so great. Yeah, you're the greatest, Mason. And uh, we got two other people. I don't, I don't really know what their names are. Uh, Chelsea Robson. Hi. Dead Morgan Stradling. Hey, Brock. How's it going? Okay, the first challenge is I'm going to throw these poison sea urchins at you that glow, and, and you have to dodge them. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Brock, stop, stop. Brock, come on. Who invited scare, him? Like, it's not really? the scare game. It's not the scare game. It's just it's, it's the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just go over here. Then. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Boy, that guy's a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you deal with the Greek council. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Or the librarian on, on campus. Oh, oh she's crazy. Awesome. She is nuts. She will totally throw you out of the building. <laughs> hey, ne- uh, Mason, fact, never have I ever been shushed at any university library I've ever gone to. Really? And I've been to four colleges. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an achievement. Shouldn't <laughs> I get a scholarship or something? This episode is on Monsters University. <laughs> okay, everybody should know that by now. Um, so I, I saw it yesterday. I as well. Yeah, I saw it yesterday. I didn't. I got uh, tickets to the to two advanced screenings, uh, backstage online, and like the other. See it first. Were like sending me emails like how how was your screening of Monsters University? I was like, don't remind me. The the thing <laughs> is, is I'm I'm two I'm two hours away from any uh, any of those theaters that do advanced screenings, and yeah. so for my college funds' sake, um, I decided to. You know, what? I I did I decided to go and see it with the common people yesterday. Oh yeah. Nice, that, twist. nice twist. That's who I am, animation fans. I, 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 I fight for the people. I fight for the users, okay? Yeah, but uh, I don't have any money, so I saw it at the local theater yesterday. Even at the theater that I went to, it was I went to the 7 o'clock showing, and there was lines for every showing. Oh, nice. I was like, Not so wow. <laughs> Arizona. I was, I was really impressed. I mean, and the theater that I'm at has 25 theaters in it. So there's a lot of space. And yet, I think they had like five or six of them all for Monsters U. And they were all like lined up. Holy cow. Well, I can't even. The Pixar fan boys and girls come out in droves. Like, they I do. even remember at the screening, there were, I mean, I remember when I went to Brave and like when I first started going to the early screenings, it was a huge deal. And I was like so excited. And I was like, yes, you know, I'm a Disney fan. I'm a Pixar fan. But I mean, there were people wearing clothes and. And, uh, okay. Whoa, people were wearing clothes? Well, <laughs> who'd have thought, right? No, no, no. They were wearing, like, I mean, I know Arizona's uni- hot, but... No shoes, no <laughs> shirt, no problems. <laughs> Basically Arizona movie screenings for you. Nudist colonies. No, no, no. So they were wearing uh, Monsters University clothes and, like, their favorite... Uh, everyone was dressed up, which was surprising. Um, not everyone, but a lot of people. So even... Uh, I, I really wish I could have gone to one of the midnight screenings and and seen all the super fans out, but 
it, it's funny because Mark was in front of me after, and he was giving his comments to the the screener. And these Monsters University Pixar fans were like, oh my gosh, I love this Letterman jacket. Where did you get it? And this other kid was like, um, I don't know. I probably got it like Disneyland or something. I know they have early merchandise. And it was just really funny because his <laughs> grandma or his mom his, made it. His, his mom literally made it for Yeah, <laughs> and it's like pretty, it's. Like, so it's got heart. <laughs> it has heart, which some people say Monsters University doesn't have that much heart. So, yeah, what? it was just really funny. See, I got a problem with comments like that, but we'll, we'll get into that in the discussion. So that's cool. We've all, we all saw it. We're going to yeah. have our discussion on it. Okay, so I, uh, I went at 11.30 in the morning, and uh, I was like, come on, Channel, let's go. And she's like, you know, there's going to be like a million little kids there, right? I was like, no, <laughs> kids don't get up early these days. It's summer. Because when we walked in, it was like, And I was like, oh, we barely found a seat. We almost had to pull, do what we did at Sundance a couple years ago and just sit in two different seats. Oh, <laughs> oh married and having to sit in two different seats. Uh, I mean, you know, two different seats that weren't adjacent. Yeah. And uh, so finally we wedged ourselves between some drooling, slobbering children, toxic children. And, um, you know, it's like I can't laugh at movie trailers when all the kids are laughing. <laughs> You know, because then I'm just a little kid then. Saw some pretty, I mean, I've seen these previews already. We saw, oh, what was that? Uh, Despicable Me 2. Guess who's back? (laughs) And that's cool. I like the line, and weapons! (laughs) He's like really excited about having new weapons. That one wasn't on my screening. Yeah, we did Despicable Me 2, the uh, Frozen teaser trailer. Uh And, um, oh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs Part 2. before it was titled Revenge of the Leftovers, uh-huh. but then it would have broken the record that Owls of Gahul set for most syllables in a movie, animated movie title. <laughs> Cloudy with a chance of meatballs part two, Revenge of the Leftovers. That's almost 20 syllables, folks. Remember, remember what was that episode two or like episode three where we were talking about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saved them. I saved Sony. Thank you. Obviously they listened to that and, and internalized it. Yes, so those were the main trailers, and then, uh, yeah, and then, oh, and then the Planes trailer, which I, I saw already for Epic. Mm-hmm. Farm Boy. Yeah, we so, saw, yeah. in mine was Planes uh, Turbo as well. Oh, yeah, we saw one for Turbo, too. And... White Shadow. Yeah, and then um, this... Lego movie trailer or something <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Yes, we will talk about that. <laughs> oh, it tingles. It's like it's like a, it's like the word Mufasa with bonsai. <laughs> and that one hyena. Oh, it, it tingles. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Let's go into the news. Okay. <laughs> Corporation is, you know, capitalizing on what people already do on millions and millions of YouTube videos online, making stop motion videos with Legos. But they're is just it, gonna... it's stop motion, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming it is. Maybe it's computer generated, but it, it does not look that CG. It looks stop motiony to me, which is kind of awesome. And I love that they're like, hmm, people, millions of people watch these. Maybe we can do our own official one and millions of people can watch ours. Yeah. But they t- they have like a really awesome spin on everything and it's like 
totally jam-packed with humor and comedy and just making fun of Legos and themselves, which makes it fun. <laughs> yeah, you can really see the, the trademarks of Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, speaking of. And then uh, what might explain the stop motion is that Chris McKay, the director of Robot Chicken, um, off of Adult Swim, he is also co-directing. Ah, cool. So it's a triple direction. And so I I, look, I watched the the thing and I was like, okay, so it's going to be like... It's going to be like the Lego video games, you know, where it's kind of like CG and they're yeah. kind of, it's kind of like Gumby, you know, their limbs, you know, they got some lattice deformers on the limbs and they can, you know, they, they're kind of like made out of jelly. But this is like, this looks like straight up stop motion. Like the mouths are, cause that's how they do, uh, the mouth movement on robot chicken. They just kind of paste like a, you know, like a little vector graphic of a mouth and mm-hmm. it's just kind of, it looks kind of clunky. And, and so, um, it, it took me a couple times of watch. I had to watch the trailer a couple times to kind of warm up to it, but it it looks kind of funny. Like I just like how there's all these like cameos of like fa- like it's not it's not DC's Batman. It's, it's Lego's Batman, you know. Yeah. So so it's like it's like Will Arnett who's doing Batman's voice. <laughs> and um, oh, one of my favorite people. Is <laughs> amazing. I'm assuming you guys watch Arrested Development. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I I think this is going to be a really funny movie, and I'm definitely going to watch it. Here's what I had a problem with, though. Okay, so Will Ferrell is, uh, what's his, he's like the villain named President Business. (laughs) And apparently there's a bad guy named Bad Cop, voiced by Liam Neeson. So the bad guys are the police and business. (laughs) Figures. No, oh, I can, I can, I can see it's kind of like the borrowers, like it's like the big, the big business guy wants to like ruin everyone's fun. So I guess I can get, I guess I get that, but like, can't you get like a, I don't know. You can have like a real villain instead of just making it all social, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. My favorite is, like, all the different plays on different Lego characters over the years. Because, like, it's funny. It's like you took the Lego box, you know, that some kid has under his bed and just started making a movie with it, you know. So, Uh you know, it's the 2002 NBA All-Star team. (laughs) There's, like, Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. There's, like, this random 1985 (laughs) Space Ranger. (laughs) Yeah, the the, the Space Cadet from the 80s. Yeah, Yeah. that's... (laughs) That's a really good point because, um, like, as a kid, you don't have, like, all the Legos. You just have a bunch of sort of Legos from different worlds, and you can, like, assemble your own teams of heroes together, and yeah. it's cool. So that's a good point. It's, like, basically, like, homage to, like, the Lego spirit of, like, hey, I've collected – this is my collection, and this is what I got, and it's all I have, so this is what I'm going to make it out. Yeah, we're you just going to roll with it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't wait to see this movie because I'm sure yeah. they're just going, like, every little nuance about Legos. Like, you know, Raphael holding, like, the Lego pizza and, like, the Lego, <laughs> you know, the, the Lego parrot will probably make, you know, and the Lego skeleton. Like, all these really cool people are probably going to, you know, make cameos or have appearances, and they're just going to yeah. kind of, like, make fun of Legos in a very, like, good-hearted fun way. And I honestly, like, I'd heard they were making this movie. I hadn't seen a trailer for it, and I actually really want to see this movie now so kudos to yeah them. yeah when i saw uh some of the 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 first like press things on lego.com it, they were announcing all of the characters in it i was like what batman's gonna be what superman wait what <laughs> the ninja turtles what so um this is gonna be pretty cool yeah <laughs> awesome <laughs> So on to number two, our next bit of news comes from the world of Frozen. Disney's 53rd animated film will be releasing November of 2013 this year. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. 
we've been following this story for quite some time. Um, yeah, are, are they are they okay, sure news, they're doing newscaster Chelsea? We have been following this story for many months. Breaking news! Okay, so Frozen are they are they sure they're still going to release it in November? Yeah, not to not to be cold hearted, <laughs> but um. Uh, the the, the trailer this the so-called teaser trailer didn't really tease me or trailer me uh, for anything that the movie was going to be about unless the whole movie is about uh olaf and sven's uh you know strange relationship i don't know i have mixed feelings about it like it's cool that we see something about it yeah yeah does it get you excited to see it like oh cool yeah yeah okay yeah i mean it's just like with the snowman, you know, and he, I, the snowman, like, he's just such a mystery to me. Like, okay, so he's a snowman, he's alive, I get that, Disney. But it's like, he, like, he, like, loses his nose, but the rest of him can just kind of, like, bond together magically. You know, but his yeah. nose is a problem. Quite like, a he problem. just can't, he just can't, like, uh, Accio nose and just, <laughs> you know, get it, like, sucked back into his nose. But anyway, like, um, I love Disney. <laughs> I mean, they, they they never get tired of their of their uh, quintessential and time proven plot points. You know, what, the losing, guy that everybody loves parts? is <laughs> losing, yes, losing sneezing, dismemberment, allergies, is, allergies and dismemberment are <laughs> all too common in Disney. Uh, sneezy in the first it was the first uh. anime. Hello. No, it's just like, like you know, ha- guy is like moving along. Something bad happens. He's put at conflict with either nature or uh, with the world around him or another person. And then you think he's going to achieve what he wants. And then it doesn't happen. And he gets really sad. Low point. And then something happens that, that, um, you know, and and he's fine. And then hilarity ensues as another conflict happens. But so, yeah, that's cool. Um, I thought the animation on Sven was really cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't complain that there are Disney animals that act like dogs. Oh yeah, that was kind of a big complaint. Like, because wasn't Maximus kind of like that? And they're saying, "Oh, yeah. they're just doing the same I don't thing." Think and, he I mean, acted like a dog in one part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Maxim, Maximus had an attitude, you know, and a mm-hmm. personality that I don't think Sven's gonna have. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. And you so know? I heard that this part, this uh, trailer or sequence, isn't even in the film from people I know who went to the test screening of Frozen. So this is very much like Monsters University so where that I, one first uh, trailer where, you know, they're they're using Mike as a disco ball, they're having a party. Like that wasn't even in the movie. Um, yeah. and so this is just sort of to get attention and, you know, laughs. Were people laughing in your theater when you saw this? Yeah, they well, uh, all yes, the kids because laugh. it was filled with five year old kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the five year olds laughed. See I'd be surprised I wanna see what a, a room full of adults would think. Because, I don't know, I thought, it, I saw it, and I, like, it was funny, it like made me smile, but I was just kind of like in the background, I'm like, this isn't what I wanted. I wanted princesses, <laughs> kingdoms, palaces, and songs. I wanted my music, dang it. Yeah, yeah, well, like, I wanted a bit more plot and substance and something to, like, get me excited about what I was going to see. I don't, yeah. you know, I guess this got me excited. Something is better than nothing. Yeah, I think it's, here's the thing, they've got just a few more months before it comes out, and so they've just gone through and they've decided, alright, here, we're gonna, you know, first we're gonna appeal to the five-year-olds, then we're gonna appeal to the others, and, you know, as it goes on, we're gonna appeal closer and closer to all ages of this movie. And so I think that's kind of what their plan is. I don't know exactly what they're wanting, but that, I mean, it, it got the five-year-olds really excited, so. (laughs) 
You know, the, they will most definitely be talking about this movie and like, oh, I can't wait to see this movie. Oh, mom, we have to go see this movie. Oh, dad, take me to the movie. Da, 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 da. So, and it doesn't, and it's not like a movie geared toward any specific gender. And so it's anybody can do it. Both boys and girls will be thinking about this movie. Oh, that looks cool. Well, yeah. yeah. And I think they purposely did that and made it very gender neutral. Because right. right away, if boys say, oh, that's a princess movie, that's for girls, they're not going to give it time of day here on out. Right. right. Well, well said, marketing expert. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I try, and that's that's the goal in life, right? But, you know, I, it makes me wonder if we'll see a lot more of Kristoff in the other trailers. Probably. Just to kind of amp up his role. But there's Kristoff, and then there's, like, a pretty boy, right? Yes. Yes. Hans. 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 Actually, I don't know if he's a well, yeah, okay. he is. <laughs> Comparatively. Yeah. If you're looking at yeah, the difference. Yeah, he's got the Prince Eric garb down perfectly. Yeah, and he's a ginger. How cool is that? <laughs> there you go. Hey, other than Hercules, I don't think we've really had a ginger lead. Hercules was a ginger? Yeah. I always has red hair. I would never have I don't know about that. Oh, check it out, and you will be like, hmm, my mind. Then again, I, then again, I've only seen like Hercules like point five times. Which I don't is, think I ever made it through the whole which thing. Which is a travesty. I yeah, hey, really hey, when you're watching, okay, when you're watching movies at school, there's there, there's no guarantee you'll get to see it at least more than one day, and class periods only go fifty minutes. Yeah, but that's that's a movie you have to watch, honey. I don't even don't even make excuses. Go watch it. It's well, on Netflix now. Woohoo! Oh, okay. No excuse then. No excuse. But I think that we'll see a, the trailer that we're sort of looking for and anticipating before planes. I really think that's when they're going to let yeah. floodgates open and we'll see, <laughs> you know, more. All right, folks. So leading into our, like, main discussion on Monsters University. So there's one... Uh, it's kind of a, an animation, animation principle, talking about char- character appeal, but uh, today we're just going to kind of talk about character design, and besides the lighting, and besides like the use of color, and uh, the really awesome like technical achievements of this film, I think there's something something to be said about the like character design team for Monsters University. I mean, as they said in the film, like, no, no scarer, no two scarers are alike, but like, every character in this film is like different. Well, okay, besides that one sorority that has like the girls that are all the same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like, I just think it was cool, like, in this movie, I can only imagine like how hard the animators worked to like, you know, design, render out, and do colors for every single monster at the university. I mean, there's some, I mean, there are obviously monsters that, that show up in like almost every scene, you know? Yeah. But, like, how did you, like, what did y'all think about that in the movie? Like, I thought it was really impressive because there wasn't, there were types of monsters. Like, obviously, there are monsters that could swim and monsters that can fly. But for the most part, like, they're all the same. It sort of reminds me of those yellow bellied sneeches from the Dr. Seuss story where some have stars on their bellies and others don't. And they kind of go through that machine and eventually, like, Everyone has stars, some people don't have stars, some people have a ton, some people have little, and that's kind of how I felt about Monsters University and the monsters there, because everyone is different. Some are furry, some are slick, some are smooth, some have lots of eyes, some have lots of tentacles. Like, there wasn't, like, a, a archetype of, like, monsters. Like, you're a tentacly monster, and you're a this monster. You know what I mean? It was just sort of like you pulled the lever and random body parts came out, and that is kind of what all the monsters were, which was really cool. Yeah, like, you got all shapes and sizes, and yet 
and yet they all kind of look, works. They look, they all looked interesting without looking awkward unless they wanted them to look awkward. And it's like, from a design standpoint, it's like, just like super fascinating how they like achieved all that. Like, how cool would it be to work at Pixar and be like, okay, I'm the guy that designs the monsters that are in the background that like aren't like the main characters, but you like still see them. So like, yeah, for the past like couple of months, I've just been drawing monsters. <laughs> you know, That's getting idea, getting ideas from, getting ideas from my four year old. You know, visiting kindergarten classes. Hey, and so um, <laughs> it's just super cool. Like another thing I liked about this film is that without getting into certain characters and stuff, like they really got like groups down yeah like they were like the sororities of fraternities even like the duos that you see in the film you have uh you know you could have a big you know a big excited um kind of triangular shape like muscular like testosterone hoo-ha hoorah guy next to like a girl who's like really not interested in anything and she's just kind of like you know <laughs> Basically, like if you took Hopri Plaza and made her into a monster, basically, almost exactly, at people actually, um, and so like they really figured out how to make groups of characters interesting in this film. Yeah, because like the the group is kind of a, a a big idea and a big like theme of this film or like a motif, and like with and like they really like they really thought out every character you can like look at a monster and see real people in it. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. I use the I use the example of the um the sorority that's all like the goth like <laughs> kind of the chola goth <laughs> um sorority and it's like the way they were dancing and like their makeup and stuff it's just like so like I've seen that before and it's so true. Yeah. They were able to to infuse real life personalities and people and yeah, maybe demographics. It trends as well. Yeah, and yeah, like, and, like, and make yeah. those into a monster. So you know, like the goth sorority. <laughs> yeah, so they were able to, yeah. you know, the the pink, uh, bubbly. You can imagine they were probably blonde girls. They're all you know similar, and they're all they have sort of the personality that you would see, and then you know the body sort of matches. And others they had bodies that didn't really match. I guess um, every all shapes and sizes, and I thought that was really interesting and unique. Um, one thing I thought was really funny in the movie was particularly the large monsters that are bigger. Like, there's there's tall monsters, but then there was, like, that one playing Frisbee on sort of the main <laughs> campus. That yeah, was yeah. kind of a stretch for me. I was like, I well, don't like even know stuff. how you would function in this world. Like, I get it, and I'm sure you do, but that's just mutant of a mutant right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then also there's the the one playing football, or is that the same one? Oh, no, that's <laughs> a different player. one. Oh, yeah. Wham! 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 <laughs> and then the big sluggy one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love him. And then the, the little slug monster. Oh, I can't be late to class on the first day. <laughs> did, you, did you stay to the end? No, I oh, didn't. No. Shanna really, oh, no. We really had to get out of there. There were just too many kids. Yeah! Oh, well... Now, um, okay, well, I'll, I'll have to go see it some other time. Now, another thing that goes into, like, cool character design that I think Monsters Incorporated got right, and this, it's not really visual, but it's just kind of con- conceptual-wise, is naming the monsters after, like, giving them, like, normal people names, you know? Mm-hmm. Mike Wazowski, uh, Sullivan, Randall Boggs. Um, those are, like, real people names that you would, like, see, you know, see at, uh, you know, at, at where you work. 
Now, if my prediction is that if DreamWorks did this film or if like Sony did this film or like someone else, the the monsters would all have monster names. Yeah. You know what like I mean? Like Fangy Fangington or something. Yeah. Fangy Fangington, exactly. <laughs> now, um now there are names that kind of hint at the personality like like Hard Scrabble. Yeah. You know, and uh, and stuff like that. Now, um but I think I think it really worked. That was like such a smart move because you're trying to you're trying to sell a bunch of characters that are supposed to be scary. Mm-hmm. When you think monster, you think scary, and scary is bad. Just like just ask any three year old, and trust me, there were like a bazillion of them at the show at the showing that I saw. Now um, they all got scared at some points of the film, but I think that that was inevitable because they were small children but winning the trust of your audience is about helping you relate to the world of your movie and giving the monsters real people names just kind of made it it made it funny and quirky and it, but it also helped you like relate to them yeah like this is you a movie I mean? about being scary and gruesome in a way and well not even like gruesome but this is a movie about being scary and we as an audience accept that and it's not scary to us for that reason because yeah. we've kind of we've become acclimated to their world um opposed to, well unless you're a three-year-old in mason's theater you still are scared <laughs> yay but so yeah i thought that was really cool like pixar was really smart doing that and it helped like well i mean Pixar's really good at establishing a world in all their movies you know, this is what happens. These are the rules. Just accept them. And so I just think it's cool because, like, everyone who's been to college, like, they they know a Randall. They know who the they know who the who the Sullys are. You know, they've <laughs> dealt with with hard scrabbles. I had a pre-calc teacher who totally was like her. Oh my gosh! Everybody in the anim- in BY animation was like hard scrabble. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm just kidding. They're actually pretty. Everybody was actually pretty cool. But I I did see a lot of myself at my BYU days in that film. But anyway, um. Uh, super cool characters. Like that's like a strong point of the monsters universe. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not a huge fan fan of Monsters Incorporated, but they really did something cool there because like the monsters are so cool looking and yeah. they're not they're not that scary. You know, so it's like it's funny. Well, yeah, it's they're... like the haunted it's like the haunted mansion at the parks. You know, it's like a fun scary. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're brightly colored and they're really cute and you know they don't they're not you know having limbs hanging down and blood off you know blood on their lips and stuff like that to really guess make them scary just it's, it's <laughs> more of the attitude that they they take on and the persona that they take on when they're doing the scaring but like in real life they're really not that scary um just good i i really think it's a testament to pixar and how much work they put into their movies how different all of these characters are because they could have kind of just gone the easy route and made you know groupings of monsters that are kind of similar to make it easier on them but they didn't they just they went above and beyond every monster is different and it really creates the richness of this world yeah definitely and one last thing so you kind of mentioned like everyone's different except for the python new kappa which i kind of talked about in last episode but i was thinking about it and i think kind of the reason that they are all the same and they are the only monsters in the movie that are all the same is because they represent a crowd that kind of relishes and appreciates and prizes you know, uniformity and achieving this one standard of, I guess you would say beauty or perfection in in a way. And so they really kind of made that very literal with all of those sorority sisters. I mean, apart from, you know, having different colored hair and skin, they all have three eyes. Their hair is all styled exactly the same. They're all wearing the exact same outfits. Um, And so I think that's a bit of a little social commentary on 
you could definitely say sororities that are like that because there are sororities that you know they're really all about that. Um, so I, I, I liked that 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 move, and I understand why they did it. It's just it definitely stands out when you realize nobody else is the same. Here, 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 ha ha, huzzah! <laughs> Did you guys like the blue umbrella? Blue umbrella was so cool. So good. Yeah, there was um, like the screen gems or whatever, like where they talked about the trailers and stuff. They talked about it and how they did this in order to highlight, in order to highlight the fact that their photorealism in animation. The photorealism is is nuts. Yeah. Insane. Well, yeah, when I was with Jared, the first thing he said, he's like, is this a real movie or is this animation it was like yeah it's an animation you know so it was it was impressive once you kind of realize that you're like oh my gosh yeah come a long way from, yeah you know toy, toy story, story. <laughs> now um what about the I, story ah story now i talked I, I talked about disney's formulas i like how pixar pixar will almost do the same thing but it will always surprise you at the end it'll always take it a step further and always make you feel stronger for like the story and so in what way did they do that for this? Well, let's look at The Incredibles. Like, it's like Bob Parr hits a low point, and then he gets his family together, and they start beating things up. And then they then just for a little bit at the very end of the film, they make everything crash down again at, because Syndrome captures the baby and is going to okay. do, you know, gosh knows what. And it's like a helpless situation. And so, like, Pixar, like, Finding Nemo did this. Finding Nemo was an emotional roller coaster, folks. Uh, Finding Nemo did that. It's like things will work out. And they'll hit the low point, you know, that we see in almost every film, every animated film ever. And then Pixar will always, like, surprise you and do something further. You know, mm-hmm. find Nemo. Oh, gosh, Nemo, we're in a whale. How can we get out of this? Oh, wait, we got out. It's a miracle. Oh, no, Nemo's dead. I'm really sad. Oh, no, he, I found him again. He's not dead. Oh, no, he's in this giant net, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, he got out of the net. Oh, no, he looks dead. And, you know, so it's like up, down, up, down, up, down. And so um, Blue Umbrella did just that. Like, it's like, oh, no, he's flying away in the wind. How is he ever going to get to the Red Umbrella now? Oh, look, there's a Red Umbrella. Okay, he's almost made it. Oh, look, the city's helping him. It's a miracle. Hit by a bus, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Spoilers, everyone. Oh, they they shouldn't uh, be listening to this if they haven't seen the movie yet. Yes. (laughs) And so so if you ask me, Pixar... Okay, like everyone knows, Pixar is all about the story. I would I would argue that they're all about the story and the best characters. But um, but they did it here, and uh, I think that's why Pixar like tends to win all the short film, uh, you know, Academy Awards and stuff like that. And and uh, and who can blame them? They they've got like the best. They've got they've got a real handle on story, and what will get the audience engaged. Mm-hmm. There, people. Some people were. I know some people were in tears, and some people gave like a short scream. When the blue umbrella got hit by the truck, because wow. they can. Well, I I bet you that there are some people in the audience who could relate to um, the sudden horror of being hit by a car, you know, and that probably hit some. You know, that probably like, what do you call it? That probably struck them. You know, struck a nerve. No pun intended. No. And uh, this is probably not the thing to be doing puns with. <laughs> and so, and so it's just a really good delivery. 
Like, the story was just as good a delivery as ever. And I don't know, watching that, I kind of, like, ran this little analysis of Pixar's story in my head. You know, you can go on Pinterest and see that little graphic of, like, you know, story according to Pixar. You know, it's a bunch of points and stuff. But, yeah. Um, but that's what I've noticed over the years, and I'm sure some of our listeners would agree. <laughs> so I left that short, and I, I liked it, and I thought it was spectacular. It was breathtaking. It was beautiful, and it was definitely an achievement. But I didn't love it. it like, immediately, that wasn't my favorite short I've ever seen. The story, I mean, it, it came so close after Paper Man that I sort of saw similarities between that. Ah. Yeah, so did I. And for that reason, I guess I it was kind of like, oh, I've kind of seen this. Um, yes, it was in a different way. It was with umbrellas, and it was beautiful, but I was like, oh, well, this is two people trying well, to get together in a city, that's, and they have these things that are separating them. And I think, here's a, what I think was a huge difference between Paper Man and this was the music. Like, this one, the music was very... Um, uh, like very a, quirky. Like a oh, MacBook what? Air commercial? <laughs> yes. Yeah, very quirky, very Zoe Deschanel, very, yeah, you know... But it didn't change really at all. But, you know, in Paper Man, it had a different, like, every different part. The music played just as much of a part in the story as anything that you saw. It was very emotion-driven. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. It just gets, like, deeper and deeper. But this one, it was just kind of, it was just the same song straight through. So Mm -hmm. I think that might have also influenced the way that you felt about the whole thing. You didn't really have too much of a high or low with the music and so that kind of left you kind of oh that was nice mm-hmm. yeah left you with a good feeling yeah but I mean wow just wow just That's like all you could really like even I love how they took ordinary objects around the city and, and gave them expressions and emotions and you could really read it really well you know even though it was yeah. so subtle and so small you know, it, it it makes you think that hey, this could be really going on, and we would never notice. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like I like the car is about to hit the umbrella, and the and the LED sign is like turn left, turn left, turn left, turn left, turn left. You know, he's like ticket, 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 ticket. Yeah, yeah. And I like how they introduced us to the characters. You know, it's just raining, and then slowly it's the mailbox, and we see oh, the two bolts in the mailbox, and the thing, and you know the the handle are the smile and then you see the uh, rain gutter and then you're introduced to more and more and it's it's cool and then you see the umbrellas and it goes from there so they did a good job yeah All so right. yeah blue umbrella really good so let's jump into the main discussion peeps peeps huh yep it's not even easter <laughs> Monsters, Talked about monsters. Let's talk about the university and go on into our main discussion. So here we are for the main event, the main discussion, it's our final yeah. review session of Monsters University. This is the one we have all been waiting for all summer, all last year, all this year, and it's finally here. Welcome to the scare floor. Yeah. How do I become a scare? I'm officially a college student! Mike Wazowski. James B. Sullivan. Like Bill Sullivan? He's my dad. I expect big things from you. I just need to ace my classes, graduate with honors, and become the greatest scarer ever. 
Were you kissing my hand? And what about you with all your shedding? I don't shed. Really? The star player has just arrived. You're my hero! This is a party for scare students. I am a scare student. I mean, for scare students who actually, you know, have a chance. Just wait, Hotshot. I'm gonna scare circles around you this year. <laughs> Behold, my brothers of Uzma Kappa. I'm Art. Oh, you might like to keep a dream journal. I'm a dance major, and I'm not. Not exactly the scariest group in the world. <laughs> I thought I could show everybody that Mike Wazowski is something special. Just reach deep down and let the scary out. Boys! Oh, scary. Up top. <laughs> the whole school is finally going to see what Mike Wazowski can do. Time to go to work. Scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. The kids in the bathroom. <laughs> Angry poodle. Jazz clown. My Aunt Phyllis. <sighs> morning. Quiet. What's so scary about a little old librarian? I said. Move it, move it. Hey! I want a piece of that action. Tentacles and serpents' wings, they do. Can't wait to start scaring with you, brothers. We're gonna rip you to pieces. Don't go in there. I'll just be here listening to my tunes. What a show, folks. What a show. This movie was really good, really awesome. I in my I did a review, and I honestly think this is probably one of the best movies of summer 2013. I agree. I mean, I haven't Although, seen them all. I have only, the only movie I've seen this year was Epic. Oh, and The Great Gatsby. <laughs> so. This is definitely one of the more look-forward-to movies. You know, Disney fans are waiting for it because Disney is Pixar and Pixar is Disney, more or less. And Pixar fans are excited. Families are excited. Little kids are excited. So it's here. <laughs> okay, so let's let's just start off and go straight into the discussion. So one of the very first things we see is we are introduced to little Mike. So cute. Like he comes out just like all bright faced and just look like they really mastered the like puss in boots effect, you know, to get those <laughs> eyes that just like, I mean, he's got his one big eye that's just, hi everyone. And, uh, you really started to root from him from just that first shot. You're like, I want you to win whatever well, you got. Yeah. I, not to mention, you... not to mention the fact that everyone's mean to him like right away. Like he's like the nice sweet kid who gets bullied. For no reason, no. other than the fact that he just doesn't well, quite fit in. It's because he's not scary. Yes, because he's not scary. And this continues, you know, as we go on later. Like, he's still not cool. And, you know, he has to, you know, be buddies with the teacher, which is always like, oh, I could, I could imagine how that could go. But it's just kind of sad. All right, right, Nancy? <laughs> Honestly, okay, that was... okay, right, Nancy? Uh, please don't call me that. <laughs> oh, I've had, I had one of those flashback moments. Because, I mean, growing up, I think... I mean, I had some of those moments where it's like I didn't, I wasn't really like the popular one or anything like that. So I, you know, was very much close to my teachers. I was like, hi, teacher, you can be my friend. Like, it was like, oh, I've, I've so been there, Mike. You know, but it, it endears us to him. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Right away, we like him if you haven't seen the first one and you don't already like him. But you realize his resiliency, like how, oh, yeah, it doesn't even phase him. He just keeps going and he's just excited. He has a lot of energy and passion and it continues. And we see that it continues through 
you know, his studies until he finally gets accepted to Monsters University. I don't really remember that much about Mike from Monsters Incorporated because it's been a while since I've seen it. But, like, they really go into, like, Mike's, like, past and that he, like, really, really worked hard to get where he got, you know? Yeah. Like, he yeah. really has the he really has the spirit of, like, keep moving forward, you know? Oh, yes. <laughs> he embodies Walt Disney himself. With one eye, does of course. With one eye. <laughs> you know, and I, I like the way that they transitioned to that because we're introduced to Mike. We know what his dream is. We know what he wants to. And, the, you know, the, the cool scarer gives him his hat. And, and then he's been holding on to that hat forever. I know. Frank McKay, the famous scarer, and, yeah, gives him his hat. And then he keeps that hat and he continues. And we see that he it's a, it's a big part. You know, it's a relic from a field trip. It's a relic from a field trip that meant a lot to him that started his path of becoming a scare. Um, so then they transitioned to the opening credits, which I thought were really cool. They, they're definitely kind of a throwback to the Monsters Incorporated credits. They're a little different yeah, style, yeah. but still I could – it was a little different style, but it still definitely worked. It, to me, it felt a bit more like the, the style of animation in the short Your Friend the Rat from Ratatouille. Yeah. Um, and I like that. And I really liked how these credits, they played a purpose. Like, unlike Robin Hood, which we just talked about, which is just placeholder. I mean, this transitions from Little Mike to how he studies and he works really hard. He gets accepted at Monsters University to, bam, animation of him on the bus getting ready to go. Way to go, Pixar. Mm-hmm. Way to lead into it. I love it. And I love how excited Mike is. Like, you could, you could see, like, in the concept art that they were showing and stuff that, like, Mike is just, like, got his books got his his uniform oh they, they threw in the gag from the commercial that he was in from the first film you know when he gets a student id he's like i'm a university student yeah he's like i'm official now <laughs> if you think that he's gonna get all upset you know it's like oh man he's a cute kid yeah <laughs> i thought his roommate was gonna be sully and so when he opens the door and randall is there i was like oh no it's randall yeah yeah, and I think they did a really good job of hiding that because you kind of expect right away, like, oh, there's going to be this tension between the two of them, and it's going to be Mike and Sully, it's Mike and Randall, and, like, Randall's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So. Well, and, and we get into, like, Randall's kind of terrifying transformation. It's subtle but terrifying transformation in this film, but I love how uh, he, gets the, he starts squinting around for the first time because he takes <laughs> off his glasses because oh, it gives away yeah. his invisibility. And then he starts squinting and you're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's Randall. And so uh, I thought that was cool. Funny, I never put that together as far as why he was always always had that look on his face of squinting and looking deeply. I'm like, that's right, because he took his glasses off. <laughs> Yeah, so they did a a lot. They did a really good job of tying things from this first movie to this movie and kind of explaining how certain things happen. So I like that. But they didn't go overboard. Like like Mason was mentioning about the college ID, they kind of go back to that gag of, you know, him being out of the picture mostly. And it's funny, but they don't like keep referring back to those old gags. It's this own separate movie, um, but with little hints of things to throw us back to there. I liked um, when he was walking around the university for the first time and, like, wide-eyed college student with his mouth open, just staring, taking everything in. Like, I felt like I was first-time student there. Um, so I yeah. think they did a really good job. And, you know, as they were doing that part, I really liked looking at the architecture because I was listening to an interview on the Pixar Post. They were invited to go to the press day. And they got to interview Dan Scanlon. And they're actually, like, pretty good friends with him because they went to the press day. 
um, or Julie went to the press day and then they went to a charity event later in Michigan and they got to meet him again. And in one of these interviews, it was um, one of the guys who did the architecture and they, they incorporated a lot of like classical architecture. And like when I got that newsletter from Monsters University that got mailed to my house, it's like they'd been on the first thing it said, you know, scare program number one for year 729 in a row. So they, they create this richness. This has been here a long time. So there's like the cobblestones and the everything. It looks old and, and kind of refined in a way. They tap the foot of the statue before they go in on their first day. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And they pass into the building. I was like, that's so awesome. Well, and I liked just the little teeny things, kind of the blink and you miss it. You know, there, there were eyeballs everywhere. Um, you know, a lot of architecture has circles, these eggs and darts, and they replace the eggs with eyes, and then there were fangs, you know, as archways. And they just did a really good job of meshing it into the monster world. Yeah, well meshed. Well meshed. I really liked yeah. the orientation girls, like those the, the guides as they're like th- showing you around. They're like super peppy. Oh my gosh! Okay, stay together, everybody. All right, as we go over here and on to registration. Yay! <laughs> it's like wow, that's wasn't there a rhyme going along with that? Like I'm yeah. Mine, enjoy your day. Yeah, 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 there was, and I like I'm K the RA. <laughs> It was good. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh, oh yeah, the scare games. You kind of they kind of drop that in there before it's really a big deal. Yeah, because they got to go through the first part of the film. You know, Brock Pierce it's the scare games. Mm-hmm. You know that Claire is like, yeah, it's the scare games. You can like try out. Be all scary. <laughs> I love Aubrey Plaza. I know she's like the alternative non-peppy girl actor of like the decade. That every that, that everyone knows now, but like I really think she's awesome. She's my favorite. She's one of my favorite parts of the film. And then Brock Pearson, <laughs> like, like, and then once again they get the duos. Like, how do you make a really interesting duo? Have like a guy who's really excited about everything, and he shows it, and then have another girl that's like on the council, and she's excited too, but she like doesn't show it. You know, oh, she's the president. She is the presidente. Crazy. Well, there's got to be somebody who takes things seriously kind of to the point where all right, I got to get these things done. It's got to be good and you know, he's definitely the pep and the the go-to guy like, "Hey, you want to join?" You know, she's not going to be the one getting people to join, but she'll take care of everything else in yeah. the background. And we kind of get introduced to the sororities and fraternities a little bit. I mean, you see okay, um Uzma Kappa <laughs> handing out flyers and you're just like, "Oh, Nerds. <laughs> oh, I love um rejects. And then you see uh, there's the debate team, and that's funny. And then there's the other team, and then there's like the art uh, people, and it's just like I this jack monster just splats himself into some paint, and then splats oh, himself yeah, onto a yeah. campus. That was awesome. <laughs> it's like it's so true. And then um first day of class, right? Scaring one hundred and one. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, my my job is to make. Good monsters, great. Not make mediocre monsters less mediocre. <laughs> oh. I was like, God, hard scrabble. Uh, like I said, like I said, I had a I had a pre-calc teacher who was just like that. And, you know, she would make the first week just like so horribly scary. Like she would just be like, ah, like really on you. But then after that first week, she totally settled down and was like one of the coolest people and really, really good teacher but she purposely did that just to weed out the students that didn't want to be there 
Well, hard scrabble is not hard quite like is that. Hard scrabble not like that. But she's, she's you know. very hard nosed the entire time. You, but you know, the yeah. thing is, she's supposed to be this epic scarer, you know. And then her her scaring canister is sitting there, and it's the original one, and the, you know, the scare is even still it's, in there. It's the one. It's the one that brought that broke the world record. Yeah, but she's t- she's not scary to me, and she's actually kind of like a cool character. Like I like her because she is so stern and and focused and organized and. You know, she has standards. And if you don't meet them, you're not going to get into the scare program. Well, she, yeah. the way she enters is very Maleficent-esque. You know, she just kind of swoops in there and it's like all the curtains close and everything. And you're like, she knows how to make an entrance. <laughs> well, I mean, scaring is all she knows pretty much. I mean, she's she's really good at it. <laughs> She'd be flying around and then there's all, there's this kid next to us who was like, Mom, it's a dragon. Mommy, that, 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 that one's a dragon. It's a dragon. I was like, dragons and monsters. I'm like, I'm like, kid, there's no mo- dragons and monsters universe. Come on. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, yeah. And then we're introduced to uh, 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 Sully. I don't know. It's His last name's Sullivan. What's his first name? James P. P. Sullivan. James P. Sullivan. Right. And he comes in. We've all seen that guy. You know, the guy who's got like a famous, he's a famous <laughs> name, you know, and he doesn't come to class prepared because everybody provides him with what he needs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like the cool guy. I like. He's talented and just by his merits alone, it's like, well, okay. Well, he's sort of talented, you know? He thinks he is. Because after the frat, the frats get a hold of him and like want, want to recruit him and stuff and he thinks he's great, you know, at, over time, Mike puts his 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 perseverance to the test, and you know, and he he succeeds in that class. But then Mike, you know, Sully just Sully just does the same thing over and over again, you know. And even his professor, who's like, "Oh, Mr. Sullivan, we'll expect great things from you," <laughs> you know. Even he is like, you know, what is it? What is he like? One scary face does not a scarer make, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, meh. Well, I appreciated that because it kind of brought him down to a level where, you know, he has on this high horse and this pedestal. And then it's like, no, like, you're scary, yes, in one way. So, meh. And then, you know, because this is all, this movie's all about Mike's story. Monsters Incorporated was kind of more about Sully. So in here, we're really invested in Mike. and, And we kind of want Mike to beat Sully in a way. Even though we know they're best friends and we like them both. But I'm like, yeah, one point for Mike. Yeah, Mike really proves it. Mike really shows his stuff in this film. Like the only thing that is wrong with him is that he doesn't—he's not the classic scary image, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big conflict in the film. Well, and they set it up like Pixar does this in a really, really great way. They—they they set it up like you think, okay, he's going to prove them wrong, you know, that it all it takes is hard work and. And he's just going to make it, and he's going to study his way to the end, and he's going to, you know, make it back into the scaring program. But that's really not the lesson at all, and we'll talk about that later. But, like, did you guys get the impression at the beginning of the movie that, I mean, I hadn't seen any of the trailers. So it gives the impression that, like, this is all gearing up to the final exam, you know, when they first introduce it. You're like, oh. when, When it already came back to, when he's already crossing the checks out to December, I was like, hey, what? Yeah. Already? Yeah. 15 minutes Whoa. in? <laughs> Let's go to lunch after this. Yeah. Um, you're very right. It's cool because, like, the main conflict of the film doesn't even show up until until the fiasco at the final exam. I love their uh, clunky old scare simulator. <laughs> yes. It, they make it interesting because they really put effort into, like, creating this world of a school where you learn how to scare. Like, this is where they design the doors, you know? And they're, like, working on their doors, and they get tested by professors. You know, that's funny. And they're like, okay, well, give me, like, a 
Give me like a zombie. Give me like a this. Give me this. Okay, the kid is. It's like I'm a seven year old who roars. She's like, okay, if you were gonna let me finish, I would say that this seven year old is afraid of clowns, which means that a lion roar would not make it. And so it's, it just sounds so technical. Like, like they make it seem like real, you know. Mm-hmm. Another way Pixar gets you really immersed into the world of, the, of their movies. Yeah. Wait, can we go back really fast? One thing that really like I loved about Sully was when he comes in with the pig. Into he comes into Mike Mike's room with the like quote unquote pig thing. Oh yeah, and he's just like, hey, I just stole this from the other university. Ha ha ha! And it from totally fear check. Yeah, it totally reminded me of the Simpsons episode where Homer goes back to college, and one of he's like basically the entire <laughs> thing he thinks it's gonna be like a really bad episode of Animal House where they just like go and they try and play pranks on the other people and everything, and so he's got this pig and uh that's all i could think it was like ah not just simpsons awesome <laughs> that's that a scary looking pig it was curly <laughs> straight curly straight <laughs> so that ties us in you know to this big party that all the fraternities and sororities are having and you know mike i feel really bad for mike because i think a lot of people can relate to this they get to college and they're there to study but then they kind of forget that that the university part of it if you want it to be is the social aspect you know so there's some people who never yeah. go out and all study all day every day and that maybe is kind of the reason you're there um, and I definitely had semesters where that's all I did but then other people it's like yeah I'm there to study but I'm there to party you know and they go out into this courtyard and he brings the you know the pig and they finally catch it and, and then uh, Sully you know gets seen by the cool Roar Omega Roar fraternity and you know becomes one of them yeah it's just just like that this is for scare students, but I am a scare student. I mean, scare students with potential. Aww. You know, whatever. I know when Sully's like, well, he's not my friend, but I'll talk to him. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Typical college jerk. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and so they ruin Dean Hardscrabble's, like, precious canister. And then during they the final also exam. Pr- during the final exam, and they also prove that you know Mike knows what to do, but he doesn't even get a chance because she doesn't consider him to be scary traditionally. Mm-hmm. And so it's very rough. I don't, I don't know if any of our listeners have like heard the words. You just don't have what it takes. Good luck in your future endeavors from like their program that they that they fought to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's heartbreaking, and so you can really feel that, and especially since. You know, it was kind of Sully's fault that Mike got the undue attention from um, from Dean Hardscrabble, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the sad thing is, like, sometimes things are out of your control. It, it really mm-hmm. is Sully's fault, and I guess Mike could blame him and, and get mad, but he, he doesn't for the most part, and he kind of just moves on. Um, and that's kind of like a lesson that, you know, sometimes we need to take. It's <laughs> like, there's not, sometimes you just can't do anything about it. I just like for the rest of the time, uh, Sully just like marches next to Mike and glares at him <laughs> for like weeks and weeks. <laughs> oh, I love the winter semester. Some people believe that canister engineering is a waste of a monster's potential. <sighs> Let's open our books to this. <laughs> I was like, that's so freaking funny. Yeah. And they really bring out the bleak winter colors in this film. Like, if you haven't read all the articles about the lighting in this film, like, you need to go back and read them. Because, like, Lightspeed, the lighting lighting technicians at Pixar, like, they um, 
they beefed up the lighting to be super realistic in this film. Not as realistic as a blue umbrella, but they they made it like so much better. Quick notes version, it's called ray tracing where the computer like literally simulates rays of light and like bounces them around in your environment. And so it's it's very it's very taxing on computer memory, you know, on the memory that's available and in, in render times, but with technology being as advanced as it is, they were able to pull this off. It really looks incredible, but besides manipulating awesome lighting, they manipulated colors really well. Like in the winter semester, things get real bleak, you know, and it changes with the mood of the film, you know? Mm-hmm. I really like it. I also like how the human world is not as colorful and saturated. No, yeah. As the monster's world, and I think that's cool. I also like that this film isn't about humans. But, um, anyway. So, yeah. And then, uh, and then... You know, the scary games are coming up, and all of a sudden Mike has this crazy idea that just might work, and he's got to be in a fraternity. <laughs> you know? So then he goes, and he finds a fraternity. Oh my picks... gosh. Oops. Uzma like Kappa. <laughs> they are fantastic. I, I mean, alright, first we've got Don Carlton. Yes. I, I liked him. I I just love that he was your typical, you know, middle-aged guy. You know, we've all had these in our classes, like really old guy going back to college, um, trying to progress his career. And, you know, Don Carlton, sales. And he hands (laughs) up his card. And just just that one frame explains it all. Like his whole life up until this point, it's just a stark white card. It says his name in black letters. Right underneath it says sales. And that's it. Like, I got a gist of what this guy's life was like up until now. Yeah. <laughs> Not that exciting. Yeah. It's it's a pretty good storytelling. <laughs> hey, folks, my name is Don Carlton, and today's your lucky day. Have you ever asked yourself the following questions? <laughs> Arrest him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. And then um, kind of, he's kind of like the underdog like hero of this film, little squishy squibbles. Squishy, yeah. You know, every it was so funny. Every time he'd just like kind of appear next to you, it'd be like, ah, like <laughs> there are those people out there. It's like, what are you doing? Like, ah. But I liked well, they. Uh, they did that. They played that a couple times to lead up to his talent at, in scaring. Yeah, right. Which was yeah. a fabulous talent. It was like very frightening. It was the creepiest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've got this is your talent. Play it. Well, it was, a love... good, it was a good job to them because you look at him in the beginning, you're like, what could be scary about him? And they, yeah, they built that really well. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And then we have Terry with a Y and Terry with an I, Perry. Yeah. You, didn't, you don't really see a lot of them. I mean, they have a few lines, I think. Yeah. They, they weren't really my favorite. Uh, I know some people really love them, but I like Dawn better. I didn't really. Squishy was okay. These two were okay, but. You know, it's it's your typical um, squishy. Well, this is the longest. This is the latest I've ever been up. <laughs> ever. Oh man. They're your you know twins, or in this case, conjoined twins that are complete opposites. But unfortunately, yeah. in their case, there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> there's a lot of good squishy lines, and Mike's like, "Don't you worry, fellas. All you need is right here. Aw, heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, me." <laughs> Speaking of heart, uh, next up is Art. Oh, who actually received a, he actually received a lot of attention. There's a few articles on how they designed him and stuff. It's real interesting. Um, he kind of reminded me of a cross between a giant sock and a slinky. 
Yeah, um, character design wise, they kind of took from kind of awkward looking people. Like, have you ever seen like the motivational speaker thing that Chris Farley used to do? Yes. And how he just kind of stoops on his legs and his hands are like yes. tiny and like in between his legs. Oh my gosh. That's they kind of took, they kind of took that awkward stance and, and kind of built art. That's awesome. Out that of makes it. Like, me it, so he wasn't happy. like the, he wasn't like the main driving factor, but he was one of the factors. Yeah, they actually designed him, designed his paint scheme to look like, like awkward, like long socks, like fuzzy socks. <laughs> yeah. Well, looking at him, he... looking at him originally, like when I first saw these other characters, I thought nothing of this guy. Like yeah. nothing really appealed to me. I was like, meh, next. But he turned out to be the breakout star for me. Based, you know, everything that came out of his mouth was just hilarious. Yeah. I can't go back to jail. <laughs> and um, yeah, I really liked him. He's a new age philosophy student. You know, but I I also like that they didn't push a lot of that like philosophy stuff like in the film. He's just like this weird mysterious guy. Yeah. That you like <laughs> he's like, Yeah, I've been down to that sewer a couple of times. It's not my favorite. He's like, You've been down here before. <laughs> like even for a, a monster that's weird. I have I have a life outside the house. <laughs> I have an extra toe. It's not with me, of course. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. He's really funny. Oh, and then Squishy's mom. <laughs> um, Honorary we're doing, an initi- we're doing an initiation. Oh, it's so scary. Okay, just <laughs> pretend I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, I also like when um, they're at the they're at the scare games, the first event, and they introduce. Uzma Kappa and no one's clapping and then you just hear Squishy's mom like woo she's like really excited I love how as she's coming down the stairs and she's like oh don't mind me and she like starts doing the laundry and it's like super loud you just see her in the background she's just kind of like all I can say is that it looks like she's shaking her groove thing she's just kind of like bouncing back and forth as she's doing things I'm like that's so incredibly awkward (laughs) Well, I know, and then and then when she uh, drops him off at Monsters Inc. and she's like, oh. "I'll just be in here listening to my tunes." My jams, <laughs> tunes. Yeah, it's really funny. And then it's like hard rock seat like... seat belts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like unpredictable things about that, like that, I loved. Like I literally laughed out loud at that part when she yeah. busts out like the screamo music. <laughs> Very entertaining. Now, now the scare games were a good way to to have the time pass in the movie to enter to be super entertaining, and to kind of like, kind of like show this like underdog story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you at the, first when you you were like, oh, there's five different scare games where you're like, this is gonna take a long time. No, I wasn't. But like the rhymey, uh, the rhymey like clue. Um, intro letters was like I was like oh Survivor <laughs> I thought that was a little cheesy but uh, no I thought it was really entertaining like the sea urchins yeah like, uh, oh that was so funny was that the first one yeah yeah that was the first one and I didn't understand what the sea urchin was about was it like did it contain human toxin and then I remember that the the humans children aren't aren't really toxic are they? No. It's just like something they made up to get monsters to, to not have contact with humans, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's right. that's what got me confused. I was like, well, then what is it? Like, whatever this is, it's pretty crazy. So they got it from the science crazy. department. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. And like, um, Chris Horn, my my uh, my guy who works at uh, Lightspeed, he was Your saying guy, that... Your guy, huh? Your guy. <laughs> well, you know, the dude. <laughs> He's my guy. 
<laughs> okay. Um, my uh, my contact at Pixar, who who is in Lightspeed, all the um, sea urchins. Well, they're not sea urchins. All the little poison urchins are their own light source, you know. And so I guess I was, and the whole scene is lit with those. I think like those are the light sources for that. Uh, for that scene, there's probably like a, a teensy bit, bit of like ambient light that just kind of like makes you able to see everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. I don't think they couldn't have done. He was explaining that they couldn't have done stuff like that before. Awesome. And it's cool, and it's also hilarious because like as soon as one hits you, you like swell up really quick. <laughs> it's really gross, actually. It is. And then at the end, where Mike is talking, and it's like half of his face is like boils <laughs> yeah. over, bloated. Yeah. Like oh, that's gotta hurt. Wisdom teeth. Oh. Now, now one of the one of the fraternities got disqualified, and so Uzma Kappa could could progress. I thought it was done then and there. I was like, they are, they were in last place. See ya. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. That was fast. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I thought I thought some of the other frats and sororities were pretty cool. Which ones? Well, Roar is like you know your your alpha male, you know, like the the, the most prestigious, scaring fraternity. Yes. Yes. See, <laughs> I having gone to BYU, I don't have much experience with fraternities because there are zero fraternities at BYU except for I think there's one honor fraternity, but they don't live in a house or it's not really anything. It's not a frat frat. Yeah, yeah. So like. I kind of, I think a lot of these jokes sort of like went over my head because I never experienced your tri- typical, you know, frat life or even just going to school with people in fraternities. So that's a completely foreign concept to me. So, yeah, not yeah. not saying I'm sad. I can't relate, but it's <laughs> just can't relate. Well, ne- never have I ever been to a frat party or, or sorority party, but um, my my wife is a Delta Pi, and so she told me like how you know what it was like and how it. And, you know, and it's it's pretty much like in movies. Yeah. And then uh, having transferred to A and M, I uh, actually the, my the the street I live on is called Fraternity Row, and there are two <laughs> frat houses on it. Perfect. Um, I'm sure you get yeah, a lot right of next, sleep. Right next to the condos where we live. Actually, one of them got closed down because it got in trouble, and the other one is they kind of have crazy parties, and, but they're mostly just annoying. But um, says the old married guy. but anyway no like the other day i caught them chipping golf balls across our street like into our neighborhood (laughs) you know you know like the neighborhoods around your house are just your private golf course (laughs) why not call the cops on them anyway um (laughs) good old narc i don't know jocks was jocks was funny because they were like i'm a sporty guy and then there's like hiss or whoever yeah the the hiss were pretty cool they were like the underdog that you kind of liked just because of their nonconformist conformity. <laughs> there you go. Funny so, how that works. I know. Although some of them were like not very memorable. Uh, no. Yeah, two in particular, Jocks and then Eek. And basically they were more like Jocks. Oh, yeah. They were like girl Jocks. Yeah, girl Jocks. I don't know, like, everyone's wearing Letterman jackets, like, it's a cool thing. Like, is that even a thing in college anymore? If you wore a Letterman jacket for your college uh, these days, like, I don't know, that's kind of lame. <laughs> like, it's more like the t-shirts and the baseball caps, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, and, and athletes nowadays, they don't wear leather, Letterman jackets. They wear, like, apparel logoed sweats. <laughs> yeah. And that's the cool thing, is if you're walking around in your, you know, 
sweats that are official and only the you know athletic department has them. You're like, oh, must be. An I athlete. was I was not aware that sweats were cool. Uh-huh. To them, they are. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So, but you know, like I understand why they use it. It's like a very traditional motif. Uh, more from the 50s, but, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it works, okay? The monster's it, a little behind on fashion. It gets, it gets the point across. So, yeah, so the scare gains are on. I love some of the scenario that they have them do. I love the maze. Okay, explain to me. Do they explain why you're not supposed to scare teenagers? It's not scary. Yeah, teenagers aren't scared. They don't. They're, they, don't. They, they don't scare easily? Yeah. Okay. I just, I, I love it because it's like, no one understands me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but mommy, I love. But dad, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Pixar has a really good way of like. In other films, it's more blatant, <clears throat> Wally. But there, but Pixar is really good at making social commentaries about like what's stupid about society. <laughs> and teenagers are. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so freaking funny. I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing that up. Made my day. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts. Uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I can do what I want. And I think the most memorable of all of these was the the scare game in the library. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. Do everything that I do. Do everything that he does. <laughs> Hold. Hold. Wash. Shh. 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 <laughs> and Don, of course, with his tentacles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Davy Jones. Hundred souls. Anyway, um, yeah, I really liked it, and they and that you know that's when it starts coming together. Like they start really using their heads and teamwork, and it's like they could do this, you know. Mm-hmm. They've been training, which kind of like was a throwback to the training before, you know, in Monsters Inc. When, uh, you know, Mike, you kind of see that he has these, like, leadership skills and he really can motivate and he knows so much that he could, I mean, if he can't do, teach. And he does quite well. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Mike is really the main man in this world. Like, he's he's got this motivating, he's kind of charismatic, you know, in his own way. Um, he's very organized, he's very organized and will be the type to move things around and even though he doesn't he's not really scary he's like the main man in the scare world like he knows his stuff yeah and he's worked really hard to get there and like even looking forward to when things switch over to laughs he's like the main man he knows how to get people laughing mm-hmm. and so he is it's all about mike i want to be like mike. mike yeah i really like him he's like he's definitely like uh like Sully said he's like the heart and soul of the team yeah He's really got a vision. So the very last one is the Scare Simulator Scare Game, which was kind of a bit anticlimactic, but I guess if you're a monster... I guess it wasn't anticlimactic, but, like, this is it for scaring. It's scaring It kids. was when I thought that I, when I thought that was the end of the film. Oh, don't... Yes, we will talk about... Yeah, so that bothered me, because I was like, this is very typical. You know, and I'm glad it didn't end there, you know, just with, you know, them winning the games. Hurrah! Mike, yeah. you did it. Now you're in the program. You know, I was yeah. like, I sat there thinking, okay, well, this kind of blows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, then we get to see a different side of, they, they make it really neck and neck. And then finally, you know, Mike, he's gearing up like, Mike, we need you. You need the most epic scare of all time. And he does it, which, I mean, did you buy it? Did you see any of that coming? No. Yeah. I mean, like, I think... oh, all the stuff after that? No. Yeah. Oh, the like... fact that he really probably didn't scare 
that he probably didn't do very well. Yeah, I was like, well, I knew something was up when I was like, well, I didn't, because he was like, ding oh my gosh, he won! Yeah. Record breaking! I was like, wait, what? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have something to say about the end of this film on the road. <laughs> that's for sure. On the podcast, that's for sure. So, yeah. Um, then we but find out that... And it's not the end. Yeah, that Sully, the whole time, even though, you know, we started seeing a bit more camaraderie and teamwork from him, he really was all about himself. Like, he just wanted to make sure that he got in the program, so he cheated, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Which sets well, Mike off. <laughs> that hurt, though. And then he, like, goes back, just the the dialogue right there really was just like, that that's really hurtful. Why'd you have to do that, Sully? Why? <laughs> What does he sell it? What does he say? You're not scary. He's, yeah, he's just he says I don't remember exactly what he says, but he says something like you're not scary and you're, you know, leave it to the people who are scary or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so Mike goes on the his like mini quest to like really scare someone. And so he he locks himself, barricades himself into the 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 door lab, you know. And he marches in, and, like, I freaking love how things escalate. Like, he, he... Okay, one, Pixar has really... Like, it's the same people from the Pixar films. You know how Pixar people look? Yeah. But, like, the techniques of it is so cool. Like, uh, films lately have really gotten into, like, gotten the hair down. Like, mm-hmm. of, of course, with Brave, with Merida. But, like, it's a little girl, so her hair isn't that, like, plastic hair stuff that was on Boo. You know, there's, like, there's a frizzing, and there's, like, strands that are flying all over the place, and it's unkempt and stuff, and it's like, hey, way to go. Like, this is really neat looking. Improvements. Of course, the the human world is actually pretty scary to the monsters. Yes. Right. Well, you know, speaking of the hair, you know, did you notice Sully? He's, like, most of the time he had this, like, matted, like, back. Like, his all of his, like, body hair is all matted together, but on the top, it's got this, like, wave thing going. Yeah, he's almost got, like, a faux hawk kind of, like, wavy thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, nice touch. Um, And, like, like, children are scary. They all get out of their beds, you know, because he's actually at a camp. (laughs) I know, bad luck. And he's locked himself. I know. And then, uh, yeah, bad luck, and then they're all coming up to him. It's like, oh my god, it's so scary. Poor and then uh, yeah, Sully goes in there to help him, and then they think he's a bear. And I was like, oh, they're going to know he's a monster. What's going to happen? And then the lighting also, like, even when when Mike and Sully are, like, at the lake, what a cool shot. Oh, yeah. Like, they are definitely at their lowest point. And then um, even at the lake and stuff, like, they're talking and, like, the colors are all subdued. It really matches the mood. Like a film is really good when it manipulates color and lights to fit the mood of the of the film. It really guides the viewer. Mm-hmm. So you know, technically, Pixar is is one of the best, and and uh, so they do that really well. But anyway, I love I love how they uh, you know in a couple minutes after that they really do some good scaring and it's really terrifying, but it's also really funny. Yeah. Wait, what happened there? Well, what? they go back they go back to the cabin, and for some reason, the park rangers know that they're still in there. And so they formulate this plan on, based on all the theory that Mike has read from every every book on scaring, they can power the door from the inside because Hardscrabble uh, deactivates the door and traps them in there. Yeah. I don't think that was a good move. Hardscrabble's never really been full of good moods, but whatever. 
But she's supposed to be smart, right? Yes. I, mean, I guess, I guess the fear is that that a human, yeah, that a human could come in, could open the door, and and see, and she doesn't want to risk that. Yeah, and so I love how they scare the park rangers. Like, I, although I don't know how they do some of this stuff. Like, how do they make the doll walk in the in the? Mama, mama. And then they like do all the whooshing sounds and like scratching sounds and all that stuff. And so, and then Sully like really, really rips into him and like lets all his scariness out. Like the kids in the audience were like screaming and crying at the same time. <laughs> like I think for that reason, this movie shouldn't have, shouldn't have been rated G because. Then that gives the the idea that you can bring a three year old to this film. Yeah, there are some scary elements. They are scary thematic elements. <laughs> well, okay, so then all this happens, and you're like, "Yay!" You know, she's gonna see this, and then there's like all the t- the tubes and tanks they start filling up, and you're like, "Yes, this is, you know, this is gonna happen, and they're gonna be able to redeem." She's gonna be so shocked and surprised and awed by their power that she's gonna let them in, and she doesn't. Well, she nope, they get arrested. Her, they totally broke the rules. Like, it doesn't matter how well you did. Yeah, it's but... the fact that this you broke the rules. Well, that did not apply and... to Harry Potter, okay? Obviously. He breaks the rules <laughs> all the time, and he always gets off. That's very true. <laughs> he, he Dumbledore's like, meh, you should be expelled, but it's cool. Next year, just, just be careful. Yeah, just don't <laughs> tell anyone. Yeah, I mean, he can't even get in trouble with the Ministry of Magic without Dumbledore being like, oh, it's not our abilities that make us who we are. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, he, he sounded like Bane. Uh, but anyway, um, I think Heartscrabble was so surprised that she didn't know what to say, and so she kind of lost her opportunity to to like work something out for them mm-hmm. cuz they get they get straight up arrested <laughs> and then uh and then the the lady from the first film oh will be walking high on them <laughs> see that was that was a fun little yeah it's like that well was... she had a sweet sweet job in you know law enforcement and now she's just pushing papers not quite sure what happened there but it's cool they really they really um they really connect the two films uh, number one, they connect Randall with how Randall is so villainous in the first film, because mm-hmm. he swears that he will never be, he will never lose to, to Sully again, and that's what kind of, kind of moves him to hatch his sinister plot in this, in in uh, I want to say the second film, but Monsters Incorporated. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool, and then you see some other people. Like you see the Yeti, he's in the mail room. Tampering with mail is uh punishable by banishment. Did they explain that? Was he banished? Yeah, the, they in- say that you know the Yeti was banished, they don't say why in the first oh, movie. Okay. But okay, so right before we talk about, you know, this this how they get to Monsters Inc. I don't know, I'm very Hermione Granger. And the fact that they got expelled <laughs> tore me apart. I was just like, oh. no, but it's but it's school. That's that's the only thing that matters in life, you know. Which <laughs> you know, this is trying to kind of teach a different different way of thinking. But I was just like, no, you can't be expelled. What are you gonna do now? Well, you know, there there were um, there were scares who stayed in the scare program and and got on to be successful. So I think the film's really about like, no matter what happens, you can always find a way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I liked how the moral of the story really wasn't thrown at you, um, but it, it the moral cut to me was like you work hard and you m- can make yourself valuable wherever you go. 
you know, you learn the rules of the game, no matter what you're doing, and then play to win. And so that's what Mike does in everything. He's like, it's like, we're not in school right now, but, you know, Monsters Incorporated is always hiring in the mailroom. Yeah. We can yeah. deliver as much mail as anybody's ever delivered. We can win, you know, and everything becomes a game. In every... Uh, in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You, you find the fun and snap. The job's a game. Like he knows dun, dun, that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> exactly. And he just he does really good job at no matter what he's doing, he's learned, okay, here's where I am. I'm gonna be the best at whatever I do, no matter what it is, and it'll get me to where I need to go. Yeah. Well, I just kind of thought a little differently, I guess. Like I there's that part where Mike's on the lake and he's like, yeah, I guess I just don't have what it takes to be a scare. Like he realizes that, you know, you're not going to be an NBA basketball player unless you're six, five. And you know, the exceptions are Muggsy Bogues, but for the most part, there's just some things that our bodies, our personalities just can't be no matter how hard we try. Right. And I thought that was a bit more of a, a bolder message to, to tell, you know, cause like I saw kind of the theme of talent versus hard work throughout the whole movie and Sully and Mike sort of represent both sides of that. And so, you know, can you just survive with talent alone or can you survive with hard work? You know, then we kind of see that, you know, both of those have their flaws. Um, but it reminded me of the book. There's a book called Outliers and in Outliers, they talk about the 10,000 hour rule that to be good at anything. And Chelsea's kind of talked about this. You have to be. You know, if you do something for 10,000 hours and really practice for that long, then you'll be an expert in it. Right. And, like, then they even, like, did tests with people who had talent. And people who had talent but didn't put in the hours, like, didn't succeed. So whether you have talent or not, like, talent wasn't the determining factor. It was, like, how much work you put into it. And so that applied to Sully, that he needed to teach himself. He needed to apply and actually not go off his talent alone. And then Mike at the same time. So I kind of like saw that that theme in there. Um, and, yeah, and then like that kind of like falls flat on its face. It's like no, you can't be a no, scarer but, based on this traditional way. And no, then they he, go and they find another way. Yeah, well, the, I've also been reading on my Audible journey. You can go to therotoscopers.com/audible and you can get some audiobooks uh, from audible.com. And there, the book that I'm reading right now is Good to Great. And it talks about these companies that they started out as good companies, but then somehow along the way they made a shift in certain things. They decided what it is that they could be the best in the world at. And they were brutally honest with themselves, meaning they said, okay, I have this flaw, I have this flaw, I have this talent, I have this talent. Who would, Who is it that I am? What can I be the very best in the world at? And what kind of things that... I just like to do, but I'm never going to be the very best. And those companies that focused on those traits that they could be the very best at and put those many, many hours in were, and they were able to make that jump from good to great. I saw that concept and that principle in that, in the fact that Mike, he knew he came to grips at where he was and what he could be the very best at. And that was the motivation, and that was the inspiring others, and later on in other movies, other things. All right, let's just talk about this, like, final foray into Monsters Incorporated. So they go into the mailroom, they meet the Yeti, and then they like, climb the then corporate they're, ladder. They're janitors, then they're the lunch people. And, and they're then, the best. And they're the best at, at all they do. Yeah. And then finally, yeah. somehow, they end up on their first day on the, the tryouts, floor, yeah. Which is 
which is awesome. And I loved how full circle this movie came. Yeah. You know, they tied the first movie in with the last movie. And it it makes, um, ultimately, the ending of Monsters Incorporated that much more satisfying. Because you realize how big of a dream it's been for Mike to be a scare. And so for that to happen at the end of the first movie, it's like, oh, finally. And then, you know, Sully, on the other hand, he's been a scare. And he realizes the importance of just a team and, you know, being a part of that team. And in the end of that, we don't really see him putting up too much fuss about <laughs> scaring. Right. Or not yeah. scaring. Yeah. And so it really gets wrapped up and it, what a cohesive movie in the end, you know, although a couple, okay. A couple last details. Where okay. was the pizza planet truck? Oh, I didn't even see. I wasn't even. I saw looking. the ball. Oh, nice. The ball was in. The ball was on the wall. Um, oh, yeah. When they talk about toxic, everything that the child touches oh, is also toxic. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, you had, um, I always get his name wrong, uh, John Ratzenberger in the film. So he's like their lucky star. But no Pizza Planet truck. I'm sure it's Is in there? there? It's in there. It's got to be it somewhere. Ha- maybe it's in the human scene somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it is. Something about that. Uh, I don't know. It's got to be in there. If it was in Wally and Brave. <laughs> it's got to um, be there. Now, one thing, uh, one little detail that people didn't like about this film, it's on all the discussion boards, I've uh, I, I've seen some of our fans talk about it, is that in Monsters Incorporated, so this is the this is the first, in college, this is the first time Mike and Sully meet. Now, um, in Monsters Incorporated, Mike makes the comment that he has been jealous of Sully's looks since the fourth grade. Yeah. And so people on the internet are like, whoa! <laughs> This movie is like an alternate universe. It's oh, not even man. canon. And I'm like, folks, if you like, if you say you like Star Wars and you're bothered by little pieces of, of like instances of the movies not connecting well with each other, then you have some serious issues, my friend, because <laughs> you need to really rewatch those movies. Um, I don't care. It could have been like a, a, a joke or you could have been like exaggerating, you know? Yeah. We talked about this, I think, in another episode, but they, they basically, the way they go around that, the directors, they're like, yeah, we tried to work that into the story. It just didn't work for the plot. And so we just we just joke around that that's like a, a famous monster saying, you've been jealous of my look since the fourth grade. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's just yeah, kind of a funny, funny way that they're like, yeah, we realize that, but too bad. It's like not important. <laughs> that's that's one goof. But other than that, like, like Morgan said, like the two films are really well connected. It gets you excited to see Monsters Incorporated. Yeah, like, yeah, I think these movies could be definitely watched as a pair, one right after the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a Disney Channel double feature Ooh. Mm-hmm. on TV. They would most like definitely it. do that. Yep. All right. Now, so- uh, that's about that's about yeah. Those are just the last little details I wanted to talk about. So the music was all done by Randy Newman, and as I was realizing, I'm like, he's got a sweet gig. I mean, out of the 14 films that Pixar has released, he's done seven of them. All the music. Um, I've, I was thinking that he did and Wally. Michael, Michael Giacchino does the others. <laughs> well, I was thinking that he also did Wally no and, um, what's, and Finding Nemo. But come to find out, that's actually his cousin, Tom Newman, who did those two. Uh, but 
I was just, I'll admit, I was kind of underwhelmed with the soundtrack. I downloaded the soundtrack, you know, beforehand thinking that it would be kind of a cool thing to listen to it before I went into it. And I was really kind of disappointed. I felt like there was really no continuity between the two films. In Monsters Incorporated, you had kind of this theme song that like kind of went through it and you can recognize that as Monsters Incorporated. But I didn't really feel like that one linked to this one ever. And I kind of wish that it would have. I also felt like he kind of kept with the collegiate model a little too much, and it kind of felt a little generic. And there was no, like, one standalone theme song, you know, just like You Got a Friend of Me or, you know, all, you know, all these different songs that's like, you know that movie because of that song. Yeah. I wish it well, would have had something like that, but didn't. Well, I would know, I, I definitely wouldn't go out and buy the soundtrack to Monsters University because I don't think the film was about music. No, it wasn't. Or, or like, that's not like... It, it just wasn't a huge element in the film. Like, it was... I don't think the music was meant to be very strong in this film. But that's the thing. Like, I guess my personality and my background, I have that. I really wanted to have some type of a musical embellishment in there that I can think, I can just... I hear that soundtrack, or I hear that song, and think, oh, Monsters University. Um, just like I can do with a lot of his other stuff. And I just felt like, oh... I mean, thinking about it, it worked great with the movie itself. Like, it it did everything it needed to do to keep things moving and keep the movie sounding like it was official. But I just wish it had one extra song, you know? That was my, my letdown, I guess, why I wouldn't be giving this, like, the biggest rating. Yeah, yeah. the music wasn't, wasn't, like, a strong part of the film. You know? mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm giving it a four and a half stars. Wow. All That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I should probably give it, like, five stars. I don't know. I, I didn't get why there was a sorority of all, where all the girls look the same, and uh, I didn't like Art's voice. I don't think it was hippie enough or like new new wave enough. You know, some people. I you know, didn't like some your of our voice. Listeners, therefore, you are not five star. Therefore, here. you are not five star. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, it, this is a, like a really solidly animated film, and huge amounts of talent and work went into it. At, you know, it was just incredible. So yeah, four and a half stars. So I give it four stars. I was thinking about what I wanted, and I was kind of teetering last episode between four and four and a half. And I think this is just a really solid movie. Um, I think Monsters Incorporated is a better movie to me, obviously. I mean, granted, I mean, it introduced us to a brand new world, and so when you see it again, the the coolness of that kind of loses its effect. Um, But nonetheless, they do a really good job. Great storytelling. It's really funny. It has heart, even though some people say it doesn't. Like, four out of five stars is still pretty dang good so i give it four stars uh just for that see i uh i think just because of the music i can't even give it four like it's i wish i really really wish i could but i'm gonna go with three and a half oh my goodness wow. well it's like three is weighted very heavy in chelsea <laughs> yeah you you really penalize movies if they don't have music <laughs> i do i'm sorry but it was like I just didn't come away feeling, I felt good, and I felt like, yeah, this was a really good movie, but I didn't feel like, and I don't want to be one of those, like, you know, Pixar, like, slammers, they're like, oh, it's not, like, perfect, 100%, it's not Toy Story 1, 2, or 3, therefore it's it sucks, you know, how dare you, Pixar, you know, there's those people out there that are like, oh, you know, kind of like what happened with Brave, but, like, it's not that, it's just, I felt like it was a really good movie, but I didn't feel like it was up to it was like right under my four star like barely right under so if i gave it four it'd be with an asterisk so we'll go with like 
3.75. All right. Take it. (laughs) So for Chelsea, Chelsea, it's, for her, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Wasn't that the whole, like, motto of this movie? Like, it's okay to just be okay? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. We tweeted a question to our listeners on Twitter, and the question was, what was your new favorite character in Monsters University and why? And so here are the responses we got. So from at Brayden Rosman, he said, Art, because he steals the show. He is so funny, especially his famous line, I can't go back to jail. I completely agree. (laughs) Three Frank F says, I liked Art because he has some of the best lines in the movie and is voiced by Charlie Day. Milan underscore Harrison says Claire Wheeler. I really liked her personality and voice. She made a great Greek council president at MU. Ben Orose Z36 says Dean Hartscrabble. Such an interesting and scary character. I loved the design in Helen Mirren's voice. Princess underscore Merida said Claire Wheeler because she's so cool and monotone. Terry slash Terry because they're really funny and complement each other really well. And Squishy is adorable. So we're getting a lot of Claire. A lot of Claire and a lot of art. Here's the last one. It's from Geo22D Martinez. Says, definitely between art and Dawn. Art is funny as all heck, but Dawn had a huge amount of hilarious lines throughout the film. Awesome. I completely agree. I'm glad Dawn got some love in there. Um, and art clearly is the show stealer, which is interesting because that's what I thought. And then I really liked Claire, but yeah, all the characters were great. All the characters in Uzma Kappa got a shout out, which is pretty awesome. So, so thanks guys. Keep tweeting your answers whenever we ask the question and you could see it on the next show. So we're excited to head on into the voicemails. Let's see what y'all have to say. Hi, Chelsea, Morgan, and Mason, otherwise known as the Rotoscopers. My name is Melissa Kumro, and I'm here to leave my thoughts on Monster University. I was not disappointed. I went in thinking that it was going to be a wonderful, wonderful movie of hilarity, and I was not disappointed. It was just funny, all the references that they kind of had snuck into there. I liked how they had John John Ratzenberger, I'm sorry for, like, butchering his last name. But it was awesome when he, I, like, freaked out in the movie theater when he, when the Abominable Snowman came on. And I was like, that's why he got banished. I think my favorite character out of all of it, though, was out of all the new characters, was Terry with an I, not Terry with a Y. Because the one line, I'm a dance major! The His head next to him just goes, I'm not. I'm, I cannot express the hilarity of them in words without just sitting here fangirling on a voice recording. Um, it was awesome to see how Randall and Sully's competition started through the scare games in their freshman year. That's pretty cool. And it was fun to see Mr. Waternoose in the picture collage type thing in my in Mike's um locker at the end of the movie. This was probably one of the most anticipated movies for me this year that was animated. But I don't have any other words really to describe it except for epic, awesome, wonderful, fuzzy, warm feelings of joy. I was not embarrassed to go see this as a 14-year-old girl, 
But then again, I was a 14-year-old girl. It was the, I think, the third movie I've ever seen by myself. So it was special for me. But, like, the one that I actually paid for with my own money without my mom being right next to me. But it was the most fun I had ever had in a movie theater this year for an animated film. Also, before I go, the sorority, the one with where all the girls look together, I forgot what it was called, but I'm just going to call it Pink. The Pink Sorority reminded me of the Barbie aisle from Toy Story 2 when they first came on and they were all like in their car and they were talking to Uzmit Kappa and I just like kind of leaned next to my friend and be like, they're like the Barbie aisle. And then she just looked at me and went like, oh my god. And so they, I'm surprised they weren't all voiced by Jody Benson. Anyway, I was not disappointed by Pixar and I hope that their future movies live up to their legacy. Goodbye. Have fun on your rotoscope adventure of podcastiness and have faith, trust, and some pixie dust. Um, bye! Okay, so this was a really fun episode, guys. I'm glad we got to talk about it. We don't do every new movie that comes out, obviously, because it's kind of hard to coordinate schedules, and I'll see them opening day and then record. But we do do uh, our favorites, and we are not going to lie to you the fact that we are Disney and Pixar fans, and the majority of you guys are too. So that's why we did this one. It was really, it was a real treat, a real treat. Um, a real treat. There we go. <laughs> So um, you can find us on our website, therotoscopers.com. We have all the latest new animation news, reviews. Uh, um, news, reviews, and what? What are these? And oh. spews. Okay. We have all the, the latest news, reviews, and uh, spews over there. So uh, that's when we give our opinion and kind of just spew out our, our opinions on the latest <laughs> things. <laughs> that's what we're going to call it, the spew corner. <laughs> So go there. We're always updated. Lots of new stuff. There's a great little community. You know, you can comment and other people will respond. And it's really fun to meet other animation fans just like yourself. You can find us on the web all over the place. We're on Twitter, The Rotoscopers. You can find us on Facebook.com slash The Rotoscopers. And then our lovely host. You can find us. You can find me on Twitter, Morgan Stradling. You can find Mason on Twitter. And finally, it's official. Mason (laughs) S.M. TX, right? Yeah, just, just think San Marcos, Texas. <laughs> my hometown. That's like the only derivative of Mason that I can find on all social on all social media outlets. But it's yours. But it's mine. Oh, it's great. Let's see, I'm checking it right now. I have fifty three followers. Whoa, I've got yeah. Well, I got like five followers after I tweeted like five minutes ago I tweeted about recording and now all of a sudden like a lot of people are favoriting it and stuff. Well, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to it. And, uh, yeah. Cool. So, again, you can find him on Twitter. Twitter. Mason SMTX. Um, and you can also find him on his blog, thisanimatedlife.blogspot.com. And, yeah, you can, see, you can see the Pixar lighting post that, like, halfway got me in trouble with Pixar and halfway made me, like, semi-internet famous for, like, a week. <laughs> It was weird. Awesome. Like if you Google Monsters and Monsters University lighting, I think my blog post about it, about the the global illumination system, is like number three Ooh, on it. it. And I was like, wow, that's the whole internet. <laughs> 
Number three. That's the goal in life. <laughs> I was I was number one up until like last week. Oh, boo. And of course, you can find Chelsea on her website, ChelseaRobson.com, which goes to her Facebook page. And then you can find her on Twitter, Chelsea Robson. So um, also, you can find us all over the place, uh, Animated Views. You can find us on Hypable and uh, anywhere good podcasts are found, Stitcher, iTunes, etc. So the, keep supporting the show. Keep leaving us feedback and reviews. Um, I think we have about 54, 55 um, you know, reviews in iTunes. So we'd love to make that 60. Maybe by the next time we record, that'd be fabulous. If not, that's cool. Keep supporting the show. Um, written reviews you're talking about. Yeah, written re- Well, no, no, not written reviews. That's, that's just people leaving stars with oh. no written review and then a review. So both count. Okay. Um, you can also, if you like audio, audiobooks and you like hearing Chelsea and me and Mason talking about the books that we're listening to and you want to get in on the action, go to the rotoscopers.com slash audible for all your audiobook offerings. When a new episode of the Rotoscopers is waiting to be released and you're just kind of twiddling your thumbs, hey, you can uh, educate your mind and listen to something cool on there. Uh, and also, if you're shopping on Amazon, which I know everyone does, just support the show. It gives us a little kickback whenever you use our affiliate link therotoscopers.com slash Amazon. And lastly, you can find us on YouTube, um, therotoscopers.com slash YouTube, or the opposite way around, youtube.com slash therotoscopers. Whew! I did it. You talk really fast sometimes. <laughs> I know. I listen to myself double speed, and I'm like, whoa, you're really fast double speed. <laughs> <laughs> so my husband's going to be like a sonnet, so I was thinking like, use it! <laughs> I'm basically like a real-life Stacey. Sometimes. Awesome. Not all the time. Way to go. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been awesome. Thanks for coming and listening and geeking out with us and freaking out and viewing out. It's all been fun. Until next time. We are the Rotoscopers. I planned poorly, and I don't have a principal lesson discussion interview or nerdy couch discussion for you all, so I'm sorry. If you can find a sound effect on YouTube of just like a million children like screaming and cheering, <laughs> add it in right here. Just yes. add it in right there because when we walked in, it was like, <laughs> we'll just agree with whatever you're saying. We'll be like the guys on the rap songs that are like, yo, yeah, yeah. uh huh, you know, in the yeah. background. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a tear coming in. Coming in, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's growing. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Hold on, let me get that cat to shut up. Bob, be quiet. (laughs) Uh, Animals with real person names. Awesome. Come here, Bob. Bob's not very bright. He just likes to ram his head against things. Not happy, Bob. Not happy. I'm not happy, Bob. A corporation is like a giant clock. It's like a giant clock. Uh, Yes, exactly. Bob, come here. Now, now Max is. Uh, <laughs> I'm being tag teamed by a couple of sad cats. Oh, come here, Bob. Come here. Come here, little fluff. I mean, if you Maximilian, guy. you come here this <laughs> instant. <laughs> Maximilian, you come here. Uh, that never gets old. Oh, Under no. your thumb, goof. <laughs> There's a kid, there's a kid in my visual arts uh, studio that does a perf a spot on impression of Pete. Really? He's oh, really funny. You and him should go back and forth because you do a pretty pretty darn good okay. goofy. No no no. And then the last day on your at our studio. No, one day at our studio, someone brought. We have TVs and so we play games. Obviously, um, somebody brought their SNES and started playing the Goof Troop uh, video game. What? 
and I was doing commentary. Awesome. I was like, dang it, my ex! <laughs> You're supposed to shoot the pirate! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad. Anyway. Alright. I think, I think the cat artillery has died down for the evening. Mm-hmm.